Adrian, how you doing? Are oh, you all right? Fantastic, Dave. Good. <laughs> you, you said I'm before I asked you how you doing. <laughs> I'm Adrian Weckler. Um, okay, I'm going to take a look at something here now because that's why uh, Adrian is here. The FTX uh, cryptocurrency exchange allowed customers to trade normal money for cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin, etc. One of the largest in the world, trading about $10 billion of crypto coins every single day. But last month, it was revealed that FTX was financially unstable and in just eight days, everything came crashing down and bankruptcy was filed. It's estimated that more than a million FTX users are locked out of their crypto wallets and can't access their funds. The man behind FTX is 30-year-old Sam Bankman-Fried, who's been making headlines over the past couple of weeks, big time actually, with his big head of hair on him. You wouldn't, you wouldn't mistake him. No, you wouldn't mistake him indeed. But I, I want to find out who he is, right? And how have his dealings affected the cryptocurrency market? So Adrian is here. He's the tech editor with the Irish and Sunday Independent. So who is he? Tell us about him, Sam Bankman-Fried. He's a rich Californian kid from Stanford. His parents were Stanford professors. So this guy... Yeah, somebody up. said he was born in Stanford. Yeah, he was... Was he actually born on the campus? I believe he was born on the campus, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's bizarre. Yeah, so you're talking about a kid here who has been brought up in the absolute first of first worlds. So when he graduated, he went into stock market trading. Um, but that wasn't enough. So he founded his own companies, a cryptocurrency trading firm called Alameda Research and another company called... FTX, which is a cryptocurrency exchange where you can buy and sell things like Bitcoin and Ether. Now, that was a couple of years ago and it made him a billionaire. So at the start of this year, he was worth $26 billion. What? He's now broke, but we'll get to that. Um, <laughs> okay. Basically, well, I mean, that, that would put him in the top whatever of the world, wouldn't it? He, top 10, would it? It would, no. no. So Elon Musk is up at around 210 billion. Okay. Your man in France who owns all the perfumes, he's at about 210 billion. So it works down from there. Yeah. You t- you, if you only have no. 26 billion, you're, oh, you're way okay. outside. He's not short of a few bucks. This guy, um, Sam Bank- Bankman Fried, he was basically a crypto nerd. Pin. Did I say fried? I did. He's fried, 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 fried. <laughs> tomato, tomato. Yeah. Actually, uh-huh. I was interviewing um, <laughs> Drew Houston, who is the, uh, the creator of Dropbox. Uh, a couple of weeks ago and I kept calling him Drew Houston. Yeah, right. Well, you would, wouldn't you? Yeah. (laughs) Because I mean, like even like Soho in in New York, it's supposed to mean south of Houston. And even like I thought I knew south of you. It's impossible. It doesn't matter. You know, when in Ireland do it? What do we say? We say Rome, not Roma. We say Paris, not Paris, you know. Dunlago or uh, Dunlairith. I mean, you know, we say, you know, Gothenburg, not Wittemore. That's right. That's right. (laughs) Anyway, Sam Bankman-Fried. This guy was your crypto pinup because you mentioned his big hair you yeah. recognise his big you hair you couldn't mistake but him, he yeah. never wore anything but shorts and t-shirts for anything he'd be in these billion dollar investment deals he'd be there with his shorts and his t-shirts and he'd be playing video games at the same time oh, but, but that, that's such a cliche it would seem to be he lives in the Bahamas in a big yoke he lives he? in the Bahamas with lots of 12,000 with lots of bros <laughs> yeah with, and so there are like billion dollar yachts uh, moored outside really? his apartment complex not his now but anyway all, all to say that he had a very recognisable brand, but he weirdly was considered fairly well among a lot of yeah. the establishment because yeah. he had this, he was a conscientious texter. He had this thing called, the, he was part of this effective altruism movement, which is otherwise known as earning to give. In other words, a bit like Bill Gates and to a lesser extent, Mark Zuckerberg, he had this idea that he was doing all this just to give it all away. So he was earning all these billions to give it all away. Yeah. Um, anyway, he has absolutely screwed the pooch because um, he 
his company, FTX, FTX Exchange, and its trading wing, Alameda, um, it basically, they ended up uh, using customer deposits to trade uh, for trades. So it's like going down to the bank, or if, if you own a bank, using your customer deposits to say, bet on England to win the World Cup. Mm. They crossed the line. And uh, so now that's... They reckon without Harry. They certainly are well. <laughs> so hold on a second. So what does all this mean? Now, first of all, what is uh, what is the FTX exchange yeah. necessarily? It's the difference between the two. Yeah, the, the two. FTX exchange. Yeah. So if you buy or sell, if you want to buy or sell a Bitcoin, for example, you'll typically do it in a number of ways. You might go onto an exchange that might be uh, Coinbase, uh, uh, it could be FTX, it could be uh, a number of others. FTX was, was one of the biggest. Ireland actually has one of the highest crypto er owning populations. Really? In, yeah, yeah. It's about wow. it's over 10% in Europe. And mainly that's down to one app. That's down to Revolut. If you use Revolut, you'll see sometimes oh, yeah. that you can go in and just buy, you know, 10 or worth of Bitcoin or whatever or, or sell it. And it will hold it for you. Uh, there as well. That's uh, typically a lot of people buy twenty quid just to because their mate told them it's going to go up by, um, by you know fifty percent or a hundred percent, and then it crashes and then they vow never to touch it again. But anyway, so what happened was uh, the two wings of the same company crossed the lines and they bet customer deposits, and now he's broke and the company's bankrupt. Okay, you mentioned like the altruistic side of things. But, like, did he give to charities? And uh, didn't he admit recently that like, actually that was all a bit of a joke? He, he, he did give to charity. Not only did he give to charity, he was politically very active as well. He so gave can I just jump in and say, does he have political ambitions now that it's all gone, the money side of it? I don't know if he has political ambitions himself, but he, the, there is a, a, a wing of opinion led by people like Elon Musk and others who are suggesting that he's being protected by certain parts of the political establishment uh, in the US. And the reason they say that is because he was one of the biggest donors both to uh, uh, Joe Biden's presidential campaign in 2020. He yeah. donated over $5 million. But also in the, Demo in the primaries, the US congressional primaries a couple of months ago, he, I think it was $40 million was the figure he donated. Yeah, $40 million mostly to Democratic candidates. Now, if you're a bit of a conspiracy theorist, what you're saying now is that, oh, the establishment is closing ranks to protect... Okay, but hold on a second. There's two things about that. If he's, yeah. uh, I know he's the second biggest um, giver of money to the Democratic Party after George Soros or whatever, but... He also gave an awful lot and had to do it underhand to the Republican Party because yeah. you can't just hand it over to them because they don't like all He's that. So, stupid. like the, the the Democrats, like are kind of like, okay, yeah, we'll take it. The others will take it underneath in the brown envelopes. Oh, for sure, yeah. oh, for sure, absolutely. Now, so sorry, he's hedging strike, his bets. Strike the brown envelopes uh, <laughs> comment there, but but if you can scratch that from the record, yeah. then yeah, he 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 also gave money to Republicans as well. But he was known as somebody who would splash the cash. For example, if you're an NBA fan, a basketball fan. The Miami Heat Stadium in Miami, he signed a 19-year, I think it was a $130 million deal to name the Miami Heat Stadium, uh, the FTX Stadium. A as we speak today, it's still called the FTX Stadium. So Surely it won't be soon. They're saying, yeah, that they're going to petition to change the name. I think they'll do it when he doesn't make the next payment, which is $5 million. Okay, so, I mean, he was brought up with the silver spoon and all the rest of it, right? Time. Stanford, what, uh, lecturers or professors? Two lecturers, yeah, yeah right. two, two, two professors. Actually, I can't, I can't actually remember what they're professors of, but he ended up anyway going into uh, the 
the, the trading, the stock market. Yeah, but it's, we're talking relative obscurity to the head of a crypto empire. Yes. Second biggest in the world or something, Second right? biggest, yes, yeah. And, yeah. and a pin-up star. And as I said, um, kind of living the dream. And I absolute uh, perfect for sub-editors in papers like ours because you, you, the minute you put him on a page, everybody knew who he was. Yeah, indeed. Okay, and also, like, I believe he's one of these, I sleep four hours a night, and when he does, it's a beanbag beside his bean desk. Bag. Is that true? Bag beside his <laughs> desk. Now, to be fair, you don't have to be a weird, fuzzy-haired hippie to have a, a beanbag. I mean, Elon Musk, for example, has just put beds into Twitter. Really? Yeah. What's he doing there? By the way, just as a interest on that one, did he help to fund Musk's purchase of Twitter? He offered. He said he oh. would back uh, Musk up to $5 billion dollars. Um, and did Musk say no? I don't want your money. Musk did say no. I don't really? want your money. Yeah, he did. When we, was that? That was, I think, during the summer. So if I you mean, remember, if that was six weeks ago, that's the really good times. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, if you remember the timeline, Musk spent about five months trying to get out of buying Twitter because yeah. he signed the contract a week before the tech market uh, crashed. So it was only worth half what he agreed to buy it for. He spent five months spoofing to try and get out of buying it. He then had to buy it, and there were people. Musk has an awful lot of lackeys, an awful lot of like fanboys, um, uh, and and this guy, SBF, Sam Bankman-Fried, was actually one of them, um, and, and so therefore would offer t- to throw cash at Musk uh, to help buy Twitter. But Musk, to his credit, said no, because he... Even Musk didn't trust this guy. Okay, but at the same time, he could be trusted in other ways because he's a very skilled trader. 10% yep. daily gains on, on million-dollar trades, etc. Oh, know? absolutely. Like, he, he was good at what he did. He was very good at what he did. He, he was a star. I mean, within a year or two of uh, starting his, his Alameda Research um, trading firm, he, was, he, he, had, he had a little trick where the, the price of Bitcoin was actually higher in Japan than it was in the States. So he set up an arbitrage uh, system to actually make money off the trades between the two, which sounds weird in an online world, but he ended up making money that way. He ended up making, you know, they, they were clearing something like 15 to $20 million a day. Yeah, but like with that, like, and he was also the real go-to guy for all the crypto community because he was on TV a lot, wasn't he? Being interviewed, etc. He put himself out there. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. look, even the, the weird thing about all this is, even after this whole crash, he's gone on an interview tour. I mean, he's facing really? an investigation from the Department of Justice with very serious potential consequences. Basically, for using other people's money. Yeah, I mean, yeah. basically, we're potentially. I mean, they're investigating this with potential criminal sanctions. And he's given interviews. He's still inviting people down into his 12,000 square foot apartment in the Bahamas. He's, he did TV interviews with, I think, CBS. Um, he gave a big interview to, I think, the New York Times. I mean, the guy should shut his mouth. OK, we've seen it with so many things. We were just talking yesterday, Erica Chung, the, the whistleblower mm. from Theranos. We've seen it with, with WeWork. We've seen it with um, Travis Kalanick in, what do you call it, in Uber and yep. all this kind of stuff. I mean, like, what you're supposed to do, I presume, is create sort of innovative technology if you're going to be doing one of these kind of things. Get a great workplace going, which your man thought he did, Adam Newman in, in, mm. we, in, in WeWork. You raise funds with what they call marquee investors. You, you kind of get industry attention. Was he able to do all that was it all just smoke and mirrors? Is that what you're saying? I mean, it collapsed in five minutes. It did collapse in five minutes, but that's because so that's because all the deposits were gone, and he knew that once everybody who was backing him knew that once the the cash to back up the company was proven not to be there anymore, that he wouldn't be able to get uh, cover. But 
like he did have that all the, those things that you talk about. They they weren't uh, fictitious. They were all really? real. Yeah. There's an awful lot of money floating around the world looking to back people like that. Yeah. Um. I mean, even here in Ireland. I mean, the last year we ended up. I think it was a almost a billion euro was invested from venture capital firms into starts. A lot of that would be on the strength of somebody thinking that person A or firm B is the right sort of person yeah. and actually can be trusted with my seven million. I don't want to be left behind kind of thing. Yeah. Well, let's just take a look at what's around him just of the now before we go back into his detail, which is what I'll call Generation Z or Generation Z, whatever. That's somebody, I presume, born between, say, I don't know, 1996 and 2012. I mean, some of them could still be only 10 kind of thing, but they're still Generation Z. <laughs> kind of thing. investing too much. I mean, like, you know, you, 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 like... They, they start their careers with a very different um, perspective than generations before that. I mean, you know, like, you know, and, and there's the great resignation. Now, there's no such thing as the permanent nine to five for the next 40 years in the bank of the teacher, whatever it happens to be. Everything moves on. There's a new set of values. Yeah. He's working within that and understands that and has a good company. He is, it? but he also managed to exploit the central um, flaw or opportunity, if you like, with cryptocurrencies, which is basically that they're kind of made up tokens on the internet. You see, this is what you hear all the time. Like, I mean, they kind by the way, of people have been locked out, I said at the beginning, right? So mm. the money is there? No, no, the the, the, the money, I, I don't think the money is there. No. And, and there see, are investigators even, even, even using this. the word money, maybe that's the wrong well, word. Well, so do you know what's very interesting about that? The I, worth. I, I interviewed a, a, a big crypto guy about two weeks ago, and we were. this is all we discussed and he was he he was going into this idea of what is money and you know the the euro in your pocket or your credit card balance or your bank balance and his argument was look these are all just things we made up okay uh, <laughs> and and we have trust yeah. in and that's his justification for trusting bitcoin look yes bitcoin is made up you know, yes. it's like the Matrix, isn't it? Like, I mean, like, kind of, like we're actually not living in wherever we think we're living in. We're well, living in the Matrix. Look, there's a deeper conversation about, you know, like what is worth, uh, um, you know, like what is valuable. For example, there was an NFT, a non-fungible token, which is a derivative of a cryptocurrency. Now, we're we getting into real make you up land here, okay? <laughs> but I'll just say it anyway. An NFT, which some listeners will have heard of. There was an NFT, which was essentially a JPEG, a digital JPEG, oh, digital listen. picture. Yeah, we've had that one. Which was sold by Christie's uh, 18 months ago for $65 60, million. $69 million, if I remember yeah, right. People. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the English uh, yeah. artist. Yeah. Now, the person who bought that, what did they actually get for that $69 million? They got to say only that they own the JPEG. So they can say to the world they own the JPEG. Did they get a giant super high res that nobody else had? No. Could I copy the exact resolution resolution of their uh, uh, digital art? Yes. It's like they bought they bought the barcode. They bought the barcode. That's exactly <laughs> it. So if you look, say, Justin Bieber, right? You've probably heard of these Bored Ape Yacht Club uh, JPEG the NFTs. These are I these haven't. weird <laughs> images of these cartoon apes. You might see you might see them sometimes as profile pictures yeah. in, on social media platforms. Anyway, they were all the rage about eight or nine months ago. And they were selling for, you know, one, two million dollars. Oh, Justin Bieber yeah. bought one this January for one point three million dollars. It's now worth seventy thousand yeah. dollars because people just kind of figured out what what is this thing? I mean, do, you know, is this really worth, you know, the price of. OK, well, then what are you house? saying? Cryptocurrency in, in, in five or six words is made up tokens on the Internet. Made up tokens on the really? Internet. I, I, well, y yes. Now, look, to be fair. You can, 
there's a great there's a great um, documentary on Netflix called Made You Look, and it's about a a big uh, hoax in. Uh, the art world in Manhattan and there was this Chinese guy who was in a warehouse and he was just doing perfect representations of um, abstract expressionist paintings anyway the point and the some art dealers bought them and sold them on for eight nine million dollars anyway the millionaires who bought them they thought they were getting a wonderful piece of art and they loved it and they put hung them on their their walls and they thought it was absolutely fantastic as soon as they learned that they were fakes they were worthless. Now, why were they worthless when they were fakes, but they weren't? Yeah, right? well, I mean, this is... What's the value of... What is art? But anyway, what is art? That's a much deeper conversation. I don't mean to no, steer no, the conversation. No, 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 you're right. Okay, so listen, just at, at Sam Bankman... Freed. freed. Thank you. Yeah. Even though it's spelled fried. Yeah. Okay. Sam Bankman <laughs> Freed. Um, just one thing about that is that the trading wing of this FTX thing, Almeida, you call it, mm-hmm. that ran out of money because basically this is a betting scandal. They bet people's money and yeah. they lost. So Bad his bets. romantic partner was also his business partner. Um, and she was the person responsible for running Alameda Research. And he now says that he should have been more conscientious and know checking that all the liquidity was there and all every that all the i's were dotted and, and the t's were crossed and he said that maybe he didn't do that uh, as well and he said he's still trying to figure Is he out blaming what exactly her happened. kind of oh really kind and of what's she like saying she hasn't said anything wisely mm. she's listening mm. to her lawyers yeah. um so uh so yeah so, yeah, it is a dramatic fall, to say the very least, for well, SBF. Well, because the yeah. million people you talk about, they're the ones who are out. It's about $8 billion that they $8 billion dollars in loans, yeah, gone, so you, probably. Or yeah, certainly, well, yeah. you and I have been talking about you know, NFTs and crypto mm. and Bitcoin. These people all invested their money to buy some of these assets uh, or, and, and trusted this company. Yeah. And um, it just took their deposits and it just bet them on on. on on, on yeah, that's, you don't have to be working in the world of crypto f- to see how that's happened no. before as well. No. Yeah. Okay. So, how does this all affect what is the crypto market? Well, how is the crypto market doing there now, Adrian? The crypto market is is pretty terrible at the moment. It's so uh, yeah. about 11, 12 months ago, Bitcoin, for example, which is the thing that most people associate with cryptocurrencies, was trading at about sixty thousand dollars. It's now trading at seventeen thousand dollars. Now. The Bitcoin maximalists, as they call themselves, and the, the crypto defenders, they say, no, 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 we're just in a crypto winter and we've had crypto winters before. What they're saying is, this is just a typical trough. Have they had cr- crypto yeah, winters before they, they and have, they've come they've, back up, been, have they? Yes, they have, right. in fairness. Now, there's been, there's been three major falls and rises before uh, today, and each time it has come, come up higher. So, I mean, I've had people, I've interviewed people over the years who firmly believe that crypto, that Bitcoin, for example, is going to $100,000 or even a million dollars. And they describe themselves as hodlers, not holders, but hodlers. That's that's the term that they use for themselves. It's a bit of a make-you-up term and it's a bit of a make-you-up concept because what they're really saying is they're waiting to till it gets to a million dollars and then they'll sell. But they say that they will hold on to Bitcoin no matter what. And that's what they say is going on. The European Central Bank would have a different view 10 days ago. It tweeted, and I have the exact wording here somewhere. It tweeted basically that uh, that the that Bitcoin in particular was fading into irrelevance. That's what it tweeted. Mm. And you'll get this debate uh, in the financial industry. It's been the same debate for the last six years. One side says cryptocurrency is a big Ponzi scheme. It's a big scam, and you're mm. an absolute mug if you go into it. And another side says. You guys are a bunch of fuddy-duddies. 
who still value things like gold as a reserve. That's, that's you're me. Morons. That's me going back okay. to the Generation Z, all right, yeah. Okay, and like, and you're not wearing shorts either, so you, yeah. can, you, you can't be right. Uh, on the back of this Sam, Sam Bankman freed <laughs> and a roller coaster year for crypto, uh, the future, what's it look like for the payment form? Well, the I, I mentioned the, the European Central Bank's scepticism. Um, the people on the other side, the, the crypto believers, they firmly believe that Bitcoin is becoming, if not already, a global reserve currency. So the argument they make is because it's not regulated mm. by any government or central bank and therefore it is freed from what they regard as bad things like quantitative easing. In other words, there's nobody who can decide the flow of Bitcoin, therefore make it more expensive or cheaper. They think that it has already become a global reserve to the dollar. That's that's their oh, point. They yeah. firmly yeah. believe that. Um, my own view on this, given everything we've just said and taken both sides into consideration, is that if enough people believe in something, if yeah, there yeah. are still yeah, yeah. two million people who believe in Bitcoin and are willing to buy it, then it will survive. That's enough to keep it afloat. Just one thing about to get back to your man, finally there, yep. and Sam, or whatever his Bank name is now. Yeah. SBF, yeah. we call him. SBF, yeah. we call him. Okay, fair enough. Um, there were people drawing many comparisons to Zuckerberg and himself of just the kind of person he was. And he was. Yeah, although I, I've met Mark Zuckerberg and, and uh, from, I've never met SBF, um, but they they certainly act very differently from what I've seen of SBF on, on television and his interviews. Zuckerberg is a lot stiffer. He's very robotic when you meet him yeah. uh, in person. Um, he, if there are four or five people in the room, he will spend 10 seconds looking each one in the eye and he moves on to the next person and the next person uh, like that. Um, I wouldn't have said they were that similar. They, they may have had the same amount of respect at, 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 you know, at, at yeah. one point in time. And S, at Sam Bankman-Fried, his bank balance was certainly approaching Zuckerberg's, but I don't think it ever will again. So he could be facing the slammer? Possible. I mean, look, the Department of Justice in the US is now investigating him, and that's one possible outcome, yeah. Yeah, indeed. All right, good man. That's fascinating stuff. Adrian, thank you very much indeed. Adrian Weckler it is, tech editor with the Irish and Sunday Independent. Thanks a million, Adrian, Thanks and happy you. Christmas to you. you Do you too. have any crypto? I have <laughs> seen about through that. <laughs> I have a hundred euro of three or four coins just to see what the how, how the valuations right, yeah. go. It's purely journalistic. Yeah, you can't talk about it if you're not in. Exactly. And neither can you win if you're not in. <laughs> yeah. Dave Fanning on Two FM.